0: I've spent the last 12 years attempting to build the ultimate clinic gym hybrid facility where we offer advanced sports chiropractic and the ultimate in exercise progressions. Now I've sold that business and decided to take the plunge to create a massive change within the world of chiropractic. My goal is to get hundred other chiropractors to completely revolutionize our industry and provide exactly what we want our patients to experience while helping to double our profits and maximize the license that we're given. But the real question is this, how can we create this massive change without becoming sleazy salespeople or doing crazy marketing efforts? This podcast has the answers. So follow along as I learn, apply, and share the information from the best minds out there into this, Clinic Gym Radio. I'm Josh Satterly, and I'm happy to have you here. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Clinic Gym Radio. I am your host, Dr. Josh Satterly, and I'm lucky enough to be joined today by Anthony Batisse. Anthony, how are you? What's going on, Josh? Happy to help you out here with these podcasts. My first one. Yeah, listen to time. that s- silky smooth, deep voice, man. This ain't nighttime radio, brother. You can pick it up a little bit. I've been told I have a face for radio. so. <laughs> hey, uh, can you give everybody an idea of who you are, what you do, so that they know why I have you on this podcast?
1: Sure can. So I uh, started out as a traditional
0: orthopedic
1: outpatient physical therapist. i uh, been in the clinic for a lot of years, started out as an aide in high school back in uh, the mid-90s, I'm not gonna date myself. Uh, was originally in one of the Pat Croce-owned clinics in the uh, Philadelphia area, so kinda got my start there. And from there, was in corporate world for a long time. Uh, a little non-linear guy, so school was always challenging for me. Once I got out, I realized that uh, there needed to be a different way. Uh, kinda came full circle through a good friend, not a plug here, but performed better. And she said, hey, these two guys, Gray and Lee, are really up to something. Uh, I took my FMS class in, let's call it 2009, and then uh, was hooked from there, started talking about SFMA, jumped on board, and uh, now I've kind of been an instructor for the better part of, uh, who, uh, probably about
0: seven plus
1: years at this point.
0: Yeah. So right now- I met you in Washington Duke Hotel, baby, over in- in uh, where was that? Raleigh, North Carolina? Dern. Yeah, which was how long ago was that? Six years? 2012 ish. Dang. Dang, that's crazy to think about. Um, yeah, so you worked the clinical orthopedic model. Who was your friend at Perform Better, by the way? Aaron McGarre. Really? The Aaron? Aaron, Aaron I, and I grew up she, together in Washington Township, she, uh, in New Jersey. The best investment they ever made, right? Even uh, though Mike Boyle said, told Chris not to hire her. I heard that uh, at a keynote. Uh, it ended up being a great decision. She's amazing.
1: Aaron's good people, man. Known each other since we were kids.
0: Yeah. Very cool. So you're an instructor. Uh, you're, you've worked in the physical therapy world of the classic orthopedic, like post-surgical joint replacement, post-ACL, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. When did you realize that like your belief system was, I want to get into sports here, but when did you realize your belief system and your knowledge was like, diametrically opposed to what you were seeing or what was being recommended to do in the clinic? Uh, 2003, when I first got out and started working. So uh, immediately, your first job, you go, this is stupid, we're... we're
1: I didn't think it was stupid. I just didn't understand it. You know, if you take uh, 10 shoulder labral repairs and you go through the protocol, six of those people might be fine. Four of those people struggle. And then you do what you do to repair... And only
0: two out of the six are like return to play right like are not complaining all the time yeah
1: let's let's even go even different than that so let's go uh those four you you're struggle with and then you're going well i'm doing what the protocol says to do for a labrum right and what's going on and then we defaulted to well this guy's surgeon was better than someone else's
0: yeah
1: and uh you know it's kind of funny the last couple years i've been talking a lot about that too and that's just what I went on because that's what you're taught in the traditional PT model. You just right. see it and it comes down the track. Uh, I had read Athletic Body and Balance in college as a strength coach and I didn't get it, but there was something to it. And I've gone through the knee class and the ankle class and it didn't make sense how I was still treating a body part and how some people get better and some wouldn't. I thought I was a good enough coach. You know, again, we can use ACL example 10 ACLs, six get better right off the bat, but the other four. You know, I tell them to keep their knee over their toe and it didn't work. Well, I might have been missing something. It might have sure. been a hip. It might have been an ankle. And uh, that, the model opened that up to me when I got to, to SFMA. It took me some time, but I got there. Nice.
0: And when did you get so disgusted with it? You knew you had to change something. Uh, Two years into clinic? No, it was pretty immediate that we, need, well, we needed to. A- here's, here's the issue I would just picture you went on. I know that you're a driven dude, you're good at what you do. Thank you. So in the world of don't like I'm not giving you a compliment I'm just stating facts. I was just trying to be nice. Yeah. So uh, we'll, we'll jab at each other here once in a while. Um, no, but seriously. So you're good at what you do. You're driven. You want to get people better. And in the world of PT, what I've learned from an outside perspective of being a total stereotypical Cairo versus PT idea here, uh, that means you become clinic director, right? I did that. Yeah, I, need, I
1: needed that on the resume.
0: Yeah. Now- Don't let anybody, not to get a big head. Sometimes, clinic director is you're the only clinician at a place or you got a a staff of two or something like that, right? But, but you become clinic director because you're getting great results. And they're like, oh, yeah, we want you to teach everybody how to get those results until those results interfere with the billing system, right? Like, 100%. Yeah. Four visits is great, except for the fact that we need you to get more visits because we got to have an average of eight, right? Or it's, Billing has to be higher with less visits. Right, which so, mathematically is tough to do when you're controlled by the insurance companies and what they're willing to pay, right? Yes, sir. All right, so they want you to see one visit with a very happy customer and get paid $10,000. That would be ideal. Yeah, okay, well, that's simple. How hard can that be? <laughs> they, they, yeah. Well, well it, it, and exact. get the referral, right? Sure. Yeah, So, so you became a clinic director. And so in one sense, like, hey, from the managerial side or from your pathway of, this business or this this office you're working in, you're going up, 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 right? But on the other side, the more, the deeper you get into it, I'm going to guess the more frustrating it became of we're, we're, we're getting further and further and further off base here.
1: Uh, I had an interesting path to that. Uh, I had been offered a managerial position uh, in the select medical organization very early on because I'd been in the organization for a long time
0: that's a lot like is that a large provider it's PT like medical I
1: believe the largest in the United States okay. Yep. yep. Uh, I was under the NovaCare system uh, great system not a bad word about it um, for me the pain management group was called the Novocaine system by the way yeah that's not a, <laughs> <laughs> I wish uh, I, I would have needed them so the way it worked was uh, I saw how some of the clinics ran and being the only PT or one of two and I kind of didn't want to do that I wanted to learn uh, finally, we had an opportunity to subcontract from a very large orthopedic group in the Philadelphia area. Basically, uh, you know, Hospital Special Surge, uh, Stebbins Hawkins, mm-hmm. uh, the area was the Rothman Institute. So we are lucky enough to, to join up with them. So, premier surgical
0: group. Yeah. And
1: that was okay. the only way I could get in front of some of the doctors to really learn and, and kind of say, hey, uh, I'm not just Anthony calling from such and such a clinic, and I can get some response and learn more about what they were doing in surgery. So I ended up taking that gig there, and they opened a, a satellite clinic, which I ended nice. up managing for a couple of years there.
0: And was this so. like on-site, basically? You were in, in, in the same
1: room, in same house hallway, in-house. for them? Absolutely. Yeah. So we ran that as a subcontract model.
0: Okay, but um, that was on paper, right? To the patients, you were directly after the surgery?
1: Uh, kind of, yeah. We were in the same building. Okay, Everything was built through their system. Okay. They just had a subcontract that we ran their PT.
0: So I know you enough to... Who was the first doctor you told was wrong uh, to his face? <laughs> um, I didn't use the word wrong. <laughs> I, I, I posed it
1: a lot more diplomatically. Uh, how did I know this? Uh, <laughs> so needless to say, some so, of the, so, some no, of the tell, tell us how that there, went.
0: Come on. You, you're a good storyteller. So how'd this go? So... Uh, so, what's the patient setup? Like, did, did surgery on the wrong side? Or you don't think that the surgery they did was. No, the right just one? a couple
1: of them where uh, a, general, a young young guy came in and said, Hey, uh, you know, my big thing was I came to the doctor. Uh, I can't do push ups and I get some pain when I do push ups. Okay, great. And you're talking to the young guy, and I just saw him kind of holding on the walls and kind uh-huh. of fidgety. And as I'm just going through a subjective, he had one pupil that was completely dilated and the other one was pinholed. Started doing some standard testing on them and it didn't flush
0: out. Kind of went and uh, chatted with the doc. Give me one second. Like, how far after his initial visit was this visit you're seeing with the no, pupils? No, it was
1: his, that initial visit with me. Okay. All right. Cool. And uh, I was like, hey, you know what? Kind of let's you know, go through some stuff, and it wasn't fishing out. And I walked back to the physician in the office, who's awesome. And I was like, hey, did you take a look at these things? And this doesn't make sense. You send them back in. Send him right back over, uh, and these guys are seeing, you know, 30, 50 people a day. Right, three minutes uh, a piece. Correct. So he comes back, and he goes, he comes back and grabs me. He's like, hey, great call. Uh, We're going to get him blood work. Here he had, like, uh, extreme vitamin B deficiency. No kidding. And was having all this neurological stuff, dealing with the vitamin B that some days when it was higher, he was able to be active. Sure. Other days he wasn't.
0: Yeah, that's the, uh, Uh, what is it? Stroke versus vitamin D, B deficiency. Yeah, that's that's whole, the yeah, yeah. neurological where you juice them with vitamin B, and if they get better, great. Yeah. And if they don't, shit, they had a stroke. Correct, kind of. So, yeah. yeah.
1: So I've had a couple of those, which is,
0: um, we'll leave them at that. And that was kind of a good, that's good. start okay. to
1: have that discussion. But
0: now how about orthopedically? The- I mean, like, because there's a lot of times you saw surgeries that might not have been yeah. justified in your model. Let's talk about. Um,
1: the simple knee scope, it's very easily uh, performed. It looks good on de- MRI. There's a degenerative meniscus, and it's floating. And uh, they go in and scope it, uh-huh. and they have the same pain. And yeah. there's just a... I've never,
0: met, I've never met, and I'm not saying it doesn't work. I just have never met a patient that had that procedure, that had their knee scope for meniscus degeneration, that then said, I'm better. I have not met yet met that person. So the uh, the problems with
1: that is a lot of times it's a, you know, pes anserinus tendonitis or the ankle was the problem. And then when they go down steps, they still grind the knee. Yeah. And now you just remove the little cushion that they had. Yeah. So
0: And it feels good for
1: four to six weeks because they're resting and, yeah. Juiced two, up with yeah. you know, lidocaine and whatever else is in there. And uh, you basically uh, have that discussion with the physician a couple of weeks later. And when you fix the part that you thought, was the problem and their pain gets better. It's kind of a moment where the physician goes, ah, I respect that. And then you start to get all their people. Right. So it's a very, it was very easily, uh, do what you do. So mm-hmm. uh, I was, it was an earned procedure, but mm-hmm. yeah, we had a lot of good physicians there that were very open,
0: all right. uh,
1: from the PT end. So, yeah. Now while that's
0: going on, you're out on the road, you're teaching, you're doing some, uh, contract work for some professional organizations. You're doing some, poking your head in here and there in a lot of places. And so at some point you kind of have to draw a line in the sand, right? Yes, sir. And well, let's go back. So you're a PT in the, and you're getting into these professional organizations. Since most of my listeners are chiropractors, what's the role of a PT in a professional sports organization? It's all different. Um, you know, to kind of
1: circle back a little bit, basically – I had the opportunity, my role expanded here with uh, the functional movement systems, and I had to get out of clinic, you know, eight to five, the wraparound weeks and all were beating me up, and my my role changed, so I had the opportunity to do that. I had to take it. Um, When you go into these organizations, uh, it doesn't matter which sport, uh, it's all different. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we just got done off air talking a little bit about how some sports are very much more archaic than others. Yeah. And the traditional PT model was someone's hurt, go do some soft tissue work. Or what do you go think the most archaic sport is, in your opinion? Uh, I'm going to have to. I hate to, and I love the sport. I hate to, but it's baseball.
0: The only one I've seen that's more archaic than that, I, I think, my, a friend of mine, my best friend coaches swimming. I
1: went four major. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah I went but yeah, four yeah, major yeah, sports. Yeah. But
0: yeah. yeah, I mean, swimming is like our sprinters uh, swim 10,000 meters today, and our long-distance people swim 12,000 meters today. And it's like you're training for a fifty meter race off blocks, like you spent no time teaching these kids how to jump off the block. You know, like that that that's how you win all the races. Just teach them how to actually jump and uh I think, you know, work on their broad jump, you might actually win more races with no swim training. Yeah, there's a there's
1: yeah, I mean I went for major, but there's a lot of stuff out there that could yeah. definitely use some help in the yeah. fitness
0: and medical world. Or yeah, just common freaking sense man <laughs> that's a that's a long yeah. shot nowadays all right so going back so the professionalization you started poking in and what what roles were you seeing pts play there
1: so a lot of times we'd see uh, PT was just uh, if you're hurt go see the PT right
0: so um, you had to be injured before you ever the most got of the assessment
1: time. okay most of the time that was it um, a lot of the teams didn't even have PTs uh, mm-hmm. if you look at some of the models now, um, the NFL is a traditionally an ATC, yeah. athletic trainers, dominant. Baseball is the same way.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, you saw some of the baseball teams have some dual certifieds, mm-hmm. but PT was always kind of the go to get your soft tissue worked on or go get your yep. shoulder worked on and then come back and the athletic trainers will get you game ready. Right. So that was, and it still is uh, in certain places seen that way. Nowadays, um, that,
0: uh, yeah, there's a big old handoff to handoff to handoff to handoff and hope that everybody communicated. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, <laughs> that's still an issue. Hope is not a strategy, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, so you saw all those models, and then uh, what, where are you seeing it the best? Like, what's the best version of that?
1: So the best version of that is when, The medical staff is on the same page with the training staff. Mm -hmm. And they're all involved in the physical, the performance testing, the data collection, and then the team meeting of, Mm -hmm. hey, I just saw Josh. Josh's ankle's an issue from the surgery three years ago that he had with other teams. Yeah, Yeah. Hey, well, Josh's vertical leap is down. Yeah. That might be directly proportionate to the ankle so let's come up with a plan to fix josh's ankle and then i can get him back to you Mm -hmm. to to increase his vertical to build the power and then he can you know steal bases that's the thing
0: Uh, that's the best it's few and far between yeah um it's interesting when you go to it's always interesting like in workplaces or like you know in the military they use language differently you know like out of uh, Air Force colonel told me, if you tell the Marine Corps to secure a building, they're going to send in two platoons of guys and post a guard at every door. If you tell the Air Force to secure a building, they're going to have an airman go online to find out who the owner of record is and negotiate a lease. <laughs> it's very, very <laughs> and I see that. Lesson, but, uh, that. <laughs> but uh, like, at these professional organizations, sometimes, like, you know, you can tell by the way they're wording it. Like, if it's uh, head medical doctor, head physical therapist, head strength coach, if they're siloing by... If they're building silos by licensure, from what I've seen, that doesn't seem to work well. But what does seem to work is if you have a director of performance as a larger umbrella and things fall under that, that seems to be a more progressive setup, although sometimes they just use that language and don't actually do that. But
1: More often than not.
0: Yeah, but they at least are using progressive language, I guess. The concept is there. Yeah. Uh, that also is being
1: used... I would use the word infrequently okay. at best. Uh, Are still- you seeing
0: physical therapist be the per- director of performance though or is that usually a different licensure? Cuz it used to be the lead dog was the medical doctor and then pretty soon everybody's realizing the medical doctor is like the the bazooka, right? Like it has a very distinct purpose. Pull it out when you need it, but until then do everything you can to avoid it.
1: I think the position that would most likely tie all of those things together Mm-hmm. that could speak a little bit, strength and conditioning, it could speak a little bit, mm-hmm. athletic training, return to play, that could speak a little bit, head team physician, is uh, what a physical therapist or a chiropractor would be, something like that. Yeah. yeah.
0: I don't know of any chiros that are doing the performance director. I like don't yet. either. Uh, but the idea
1: is that I think the schooling lends a little bit more holistically. Right. Assess the system. To be able to.
0: Hands-on care right now and if not, refer. Like it's, to be able to
1: effectively communicate that through the group. Yeah. And the bigger thing to, you know, the upstairs front office guys. Yeah. Nice. So,
0: So, uh, in your work, so for folks listening, if they're trying to build a great team, even if, let's not say professional, because those, like, everybody has this perception, by the way, that professional care is great. Professional (laughs) strength training is great. Professional medical care is great. Anthony's laughing, so I already had to move the mic. So, no, I'm not. But, but where, and, and, and then, like, a trickle-down, like, that college and, you know. But if somebody listening is like, hey, I want to build the best performance team because I really want to see, like, let's say that a young, or a, a, a wise Anthony goes home to his, you know, alma mater high school and wants to help them win a national championship in basketball or uh, at least a state championship in basketball, right? How would you put together that team from what you've seen that works? That's multifactorial. Uh, that starts Thank a you, lot nerd. of times with yeah.
1: The, yeah. That starts a lot of times with the coaching staff. Yeah. Uh If the coaching staff's not on board, mm-hmm. problematic off the All top. Right, let's say
0: that the 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 dude that your brother is the head coach. <laughs>
1: Sounds good. So the the team's going to consist of medical mm-hmm. performance. Let's even use alternative, you know, something to the nature of a sports psychologist or an alternative and a a traditional medical as in a physician. And all those people have to be aligned in the same, I don't want to use the same goal because Mm -hmm. the goal is to win the championship that's already set. The goal of that would be to manage each player the most effectively so that they do what they need to do. And that Mm -hmm. would be play basketball. Okay. Specifically, I'd have to go into you know a little bit deeper and start looking into, well, is somebody going to cover the nutrition part? Is somebody going to cover the sleep part? Is somebody going to consider the school well, part? It was a high school
0: team, so well, just, when you're at Taco man, Bell, you ask, when you're you, at Taco you Bell, ask. here's what to order, right? Ask the for cheesy, extra lettuce on your taco. Cheesy gordita <laughs> crunch. I haven't had <laughs> one in right.
1: years, but I would kill you for one right now. <laughs> 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 they came out with a bigger one with meat in it, too. Dude, oh, and man. they're like...
0: We wrapped this whole thing in a tortilla, filled it with cheese, threw it in the deep fryer, and then we deep fried your straw just so you get some delicious I could, I could fried give you goodness my, with every my, every
1: drink. We're going off the rails, but I give you my Taco Bell order right now, and I haven't had it in probably three years. <laughs> <Seriously, but. laughs>
0: dude. Oh, I can't believe that's what has fueled, at least my hometown, that's what fueled more high school sports performances than any other fuel source was Taco Bell, man. 100%. Yeah. Ours
1: was, was Houlihan's, not far from school. We the hell is that? So, you know, one of those chain, like, T.J. Friday places. Oh, nice. Yeah.
0: So going back to the, the ultimate performance team, so you have all that, and so really, it, the broad strokes are, it, it's not what the licenses are, it's communication. And system. And then would, then would you set up a, a system, and would you set up assessments, like, on the front end?
1: Absolutely, and I think everyone being on the same system tends to lead to less left on the table. Yeah,
0: This is so, this is the funny part, because... I'm sure everybody listening goes, oh, yeah, once you're injured, I do an assessment, right? And this cracks me up. I mean, you know all the, the haters about the FMS. People are like, oh, yeah, it doesn't do this, it doesn't do that. Here's, oh, it's, wrong. it's the wrong and all this. If you're going to sit there and say, what's the assessment to run on a high school f- football team to just say, are there any issues that are low-lying because the kid's been on summer break for the last four months, he hasn't played since last season, any issues I need to worry about, or is this kid ready to go? What the hell
1: are you going to do? I get you, man. Yeah. I, I, I mean, like. I, I'll call it bias, uh, you know, because we're part of the system. Yeah. But you talk to Gray, you talk to Lee, and I talk to those guys frequently, and Kyle and Greg, and, uh, you know, when something better comes out. Gray said it yeah. on, on Email air. Us. Gray Send said it. it on air. And he's like, I'm in. Yeah, You know, uh, I was listening to, I forget where Lee did this talk, and I use it all the time in the courses now you know, all the stuff that's getting bastardized and I'm not here to defend the system. I'm just, this is what came from one of the founders. Lee said, I can sum up in one sentence, you know, what the FMS is. And he said, that is to tell us what not to train, what pattern not to train that day. Mm-hmm. That's it. Right. You know, it it, take, it took on a life of its own, but that's it coming from one of the co-founders from the ground level
0: day mm-hmm. one. Uh, so- Which by the way- is like the essence of evidence-based care in some way because you, basically my, my interpretation of evidence-based care is do everything that you think works until we get research that says don't do that for that. right don't, don't do the cranking internal rotation mobilization of the shoulder because it ends up resulting in poor performance. Okay, now you have a reason not to do something, but until that point, do, should do everything that works. You know, like I would say that evidence-based care is eliminating more than it's saying to incorporate.
1: And either. the end of every study is we always need more information on that study. <laughs> exactly. Right? Yeah. So, yeah, those are, uh, you know, circling back to the question on that, the system becomes the the, the driver, really. Mm-hmm. It's can we find a way to effectively see who is the most at risk and put them in a bucket? Can we see, do they need to be managed medically? Or do they need to be managed differently, strength okay. conditioning wise. Right, and again, just filtering out. And what's the goal? We need the kids to be available. Yeah, and
0: if they're physically capable. I mean, when I was in high school, I played in a small Catholic high school, and like we had twenty-nine dudes one season. Twenty-nine. What That's, our whole way, that's,
1: that's the whole team going.
0: To yeah, that, and that's not basically. That's not a full special teams event, man. Like everybody's yeah. on special teams. Yeah, it's uh, it was it was different, but we're pretty close dudes now, even t- now today. But yeah, I just, I, I, I think people, you know, uh, we used the system and helped out a, a local golf team, which would be probably the, the least thought of team, you know? And right away, like, oh, there's three kids with back pain. There's, you know, like, because we ran FMSs, then we obviously did TPI, but nobody ever reports pain. They don't self-report pain but you realize damn like if we want to win the state championship like we got to have all these three kids playing cuz the way golf is you take five, you play 5 keep four scores well if you have a team of 8 which i think is what they're allowed to have and two of them are off that leaves us that leaves us 6 so that's only one kid who's it's either odds. Not, yeah simple odds yeah man it's like why would you do that to yourself so i just think uh, run that whole put that team together run the whole system On the whatever scale you can, whether it's high school or college or, you know, D2, like NAIA, whatever, you'll be amazed at what fleshes out at the end. We ran it with the firefighters in our area and got a nice little, you know, $20,000 contract to work with them. We ran the system. It's, it's, I don't know why people hate hate on it, man. I, I think the other part of it is too, is it, it takes the blame off the table
1: for whether it's a strength and conditioning problem versus a medical staff problem, and then it takes the finger pointing off of Or Anthony's opinion of this kid. Absolutely. You know? It gives you some objectivity to where, you know, going back to the this pro sports thing, you know, everyone sees the injury report and says, oh, you know, superstar, superstar mm-hmm. is hurt. And then you start to blame the training staff. Right. You know, a lot of times the training staff didn't know that person was in pain because they didn't tell them. Right. Or... You know, they, they didn't realize, hey, we're burning this guy out in the gym. And, you know, so the training staff's going, well, that's a soft tissue injury, injury that they got from lifting weights. Yeah. So now it's strength and conditioning fault. Or the, oh, they didn't sleep enough. So our, you know, sleep consultant was wrong. Yeah. Or so it, it, it takes a lot of that off the table and it gives you that information to really, you know, work as a group and say, all right, these guys may or may not be more likely to be hurt. Let's manage them differently than someone else who is appropriately moving, has appropriate control, whose strength is good and endurance is good. They're just going to be handled differently. Yeah. Uh, I think when you have that information, it's priceless because you can still have that kid play and they can get through a season. And if you think about what most of the teams do is, you know, 182 games of baseball, you manage guys. Yeah. You, know, you make your change in the offseason, which is, you know, we just joked about that in off-air as well. You know, when you have six weeks in off and season. Weeks, yeah. But that's when you make your changes. But until then it's management. But if you yeah. can make that change and manage that situation better as a group, I mean you got a guy that plays all year.
0: Clinic Gym Radio is now sponsored by the CSA, the chiropractic success academy. We don't let PTs in, sorry, buddy. So I'm okay. Uh, with but that. the chiropractic success academy was put together by Dr. Bobby Maybe and Dr. Kevin Christie all about the four parts of a successful chiropractic business, your mindset, your business skills, your ability to produce great content, and of course your clinical skills. So being a great uh, diagnostician, uh, being great at mobilizing joints, helping people get out of pain, thinking about those things along with, you know the business or the, the person that you are, having a positive mindset, looking at growth, maybe that's managing employees, manage your home relationships, whatever. That's all incorporated in the CSA. And if you're interested, go to membership.csaCircle.com. Again, membership.csaCircle.com, or hit up Kevin Christie or Bobby maybe on uh, Facebook or Facebook Messenger and ask them how you can get into their program because they're doing great things. Uh, it's not just business lessons and uh, videos; it's also ongoing content. It's uh, assessment calls with those guys. It's a supportive Facebook group, so they're doing great things there. You too can do great things by joining the CSA Circle, the Chiropractic Success Academy at com. All right, we'll get back to Anthony and his uh, love of crappy care right now. Stop, I didn't say that. <laughs> yeah, well, it's what... Uh, cool. Um, so... Final thoughts here, Anthony, because I know you got to go, you have a very important meeting about very important, uh, uh, things within the world of sports, the highest level teams you've seen the highest level. One thing that they, uh, we talked about was, you know, they'll bring in these consultants like yourself, run a bunch of assessments and then six months later, nothing's changed, Right correct. All right. So from what, if you were to step back and tell a young chiropractor here wants to work in the world of professional sports, wants to like get their name out there, young PT, something like that. If they have the skill set to assess, they get the opportunity to go in and work with players. What it, like a set, you know, assess players, whether it's a college or anything, what would be the one thing that you've learned, hey, do it this way to have some success? What's the next step after the assessment? That It's easy to get the door open and go, hey, assess our players, but... Nothing changes.
1: I think it's a several-fold answer. One would be...
0: We don't have time for that. Wrap it up. I hear you. Uh, (laughs)
1: One would be to make sure that you pose the findings to the staff uh, respectfully so you're not just coming in there and their throat. shoving it down their throat. The other thing would be to actually treat them and then retest and show the change. And I think those are the two most powerful ways to really get that That's a big deal. Schedule your second
0: assessment. While you schedule your first, right? A lot of people do that, but it's like, dude, you you just took down the scoreboard if you don't do that. Don't
1: continually give me problems. Give me solutions. Yeah.
0: All right, and then respect and so set up a conversation for the results, not just a correct, not just mail them a paper.
1: Whether that be the team trainer, the physician, or whoever, say, hey, mm-hmm. you know, we took a look at this a little differently. So and so has said they never had this type of thing done. During the findings, I found out that you know the hip that hasn't been hurting doesn't move. Mm-hmm. We did some work there, and then we retested these tests, and their scores went up to be within the normal range for that athlete and their sport nice. and their age group. And I think you know having the some of the software with the red, yellow, green light system of
0: mm-hmm.
1: where these people fall, mm-hmm. it's it, you don't have to argue with hey, but you know Tommy's the best pitcher in thirteen-year-old you know Babe Ruth league. But he also moves the worst, and he's probably going to blow his you know, UCL. Right.
0: But he's going to be the most unknown fourteen-year-old pitcher. Correct. It's going to take that. All, it takes that
1: off the table, and I think the yeah. the argument of who's the best player versus who's the best player going to be in you know three years or who's going to have duration is going to be. Uh, I think that takes over from there. All
0: right. Well, Anthony's got to hop on a private plane and fly to a professional organization. Super
1: private. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we, can't even talk. So, we shouldn't even be talking about it it's so private
0: so we're going to have to wrap this up right here he's getting pulled away but Anthony thank you very much for for the tips uh, anybody that wants to reach out to you how can they find you because you are not on social media I'm yet.
1: not I'm yeah. not on social media I'm a word of mouth guy uh, v- you're like
0: the freaking A team remember that if you can find them v- they can help
1: v- you Info at gmail.com are you serious that's it man that's, that's not the, prestige worldwide it's close to it <laughs> say that <laughs> V as in Vincent IP, like very important person yeah. type thing, systeminfo at gmail.com.
0: systeminfo at gmail.com.
1: That's it, man. Right wow. now, it's it's cloak and dagger, man. I'm, I'm Bane.
0: Guess. Man, you are like a high-paid mercenary. All right. I,
1: I'm a more of a mercenary, but I need the high pay part to come. <laughs>
0: well, on behalf of Anthony Batiste, this is Dr. Josh Satterley saying, go out there, maximize your license, and live the life you dream of. Thanks a lot, Josh. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Clinic Gym Radio. If you're ready to double your profit without working longer hours, please visit clinicgymhybrid.com and find out how easy it is to get started on your path to freedom. That's clinicgymhybrid.com.